Inflation is here and it's increasing prices everywhere in the economy. One of these areas is in the housing market. Specifically, real estate prices are going up a lot across America and not just the prices of the real estate itself, but the materials used to build those homes and remodel those homes is going up as well. Now, today on the show, we're going to be talking about a company involved directly with those home building materials. All right. Welcome to Stock Stories. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome to Stock Stories. Hi, my name is Alex Mason. I am your stock storyteller. And my wife and I went from not knowing anything about investing to becoming financially independent by 30 years old. And we did that by investing in stocks. And my purpose here today is to help you become a better investor we're studying every single company in the S&P 500. I've studied well over 100 of them so far. So check out previous episodes if you want to learn more. And what we're doing today was we're going through another company in the S&P 500. Our story today starts in the hills of North Carolina in the early 20th century. In 1921, there was a man named Lucius Smith and he started a local hardware store to serve his community. Now, this business later grew, and he died in 1943. It went to his son, James, and his son-in-law, Carl Buchan, who were partners. Now, Buchan, he was a World War II veteran, and he saw how American demand for housing was increasing, and not just housing, but building materials specifically. So he realized this was gonna pick up, and when he came back from the war, he reorganized his late father-in-law's business in order to sell wholesale building materials. Now, what Buchan would do was he would purchase material directly from the manufacturers, and then he would sell it to customers at a low price. And because there was no middleman in the transaction, that's how he was able to get lower prices. And this strategy ended up working, especially back during this time in the 1940s and 50s. By 1955, he actually owned six stores in the area, and by 1959, sales had increased to over $27 million. Now, $27 million in the 1950s, that's equivalent to over $256 million today. So we're talking about a lot of money here. Now, the company retained the name of the founder, Lowe's, and throughout the 1960s and 70s, the company experienced rapid growth, and they grew to 200 stores by 1979. Now, they mainly served construction companies at this time. So contractors would come in, they would buy their materials, and then they would go work on their job site. But what happened is the market started changing a little bit. Slowly but surely, the do-it-yourself customer wanted to buy things themselves in order to fix up their own property. And so as they became bigger, the DIY part of the market started becoming a bigger part of Lowe's customer base. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, please do me one quick favor and show me some love and just tap that like button. Thank you so much. Up until this point, Lowe's had been capitalizing on this big trend in housing becoming a big thing in America. And that didn't last forever because housing is a cyclical industry. And the company started facing trouble when housing starts decreased at the beginning of the 1980s. Now, although they were selling some products to do-it-yourself customers, it still wasn't the main focus of their business. They were mainly selling to contractors and commercial customers. So their profits ended up decreasing by 24% in a single year. 
Now, management had to figure out what to do. They needed to find some way to insulate themselves from the ebbs and flows of the market. How were they going to do it? Now, they decided they needed to target this everyday consumer, really focus on who these people are and sell directly to them. Now, because of their studies, they found that some other smaller stores that did this had strong sales, even though there was a housing recession at the time. So they said, okay, this makes sense. Let's do it. People are going to fix up their homes by themselves to save money, whether or not new homes are being built. The old ones have to be maintained anyway, right? But management did not stop there. They reorganized the entire layout of the store to be more efficient and have more intentional traffic patterns. They made signs for the aisles more visually appealing. It was kind of like a grocery store. And they put the most desirable items in the back of the store so that you had to walk through the entire store and see all of the other items before getting what you really wanted. And that ended up having the outcome of increasing sales as well. So it worked. With these innovations, Lowe succeeded in turning things around in their financials. And by 1983, they had $1.4 billion in sales. But equally as important as the amount of revenue they were bringing in is the fact that they were now actually making more money from regular customers than from contractors. So they really changed the balance of this business. Now, their competitor, Home Depot, was also growing rapidly around this time, and they were surpassing Lowe's in terms of the number of stores that they had and their market share. They had bigger stores. They were growing more aggressively. But Lowe's didn't back down. Lowe's continued to invest in their network. And what they did is in the 1990s, the company did expand a little bit, but they mainly focused on using their capital to remodel their older stores and make them bigger. And that ended up having the effect of really boosting their sales. So both companies succeeded, even though they were competing against each other. All right, that brings us to the business as it exists today. So what is Lowe's? Well, Lowe's is a home improvement store. They're basically a warehouse. They help people remodel and improve their homes. And they target both retail customers and contractors and professionals still to this day. So there's still that mix of customers there, just like Home Depot, if you've checked out that episode. And the company has about 2,000 stores. They make almost all of their sales in the United States, so very much a U.S.-centric business, although they do have a subsidiary up in Canada called Rona, R-O-N-A, and that accounts for about 6% of their sales. So the majority of their money comes from stores in the United States. Their product selection is very similar to Home Depot. You can get all sorts of different things there. Everything from plumbing equipment to lighting to paint to gardening equipment. Anything that you need for your home or your property, you can find there. Now, between their full-time employees and their part-time employees, they employ over 340,000 people, which is a lot of people. But if you compare it to Home Depot... Home Depot has about half of a million employees. So Lowe's is somewhere in the range of smaller than Home Depot, but bigger than other competitors like Menards. Okay, so let's go ahead and get a flavor of the financials now to see where the business is from a money perspective. So I'm at the ticker terminal now, and the ticker symbol is L-O-W for Lowe's. And let's go ahead and check out the numbers behind the business. So I'm going to go to financials here, 
And then the first thing we want to look at is the revenue. So total revenues have gone up pretty fair, pretty fairly substantially. They went from 68 billion in 2017 to 2021. They were at 96 billion. So we've had a decent amount of growth here. And if we look a little bit further down the income statement, I'm just going to go straight to the profit number. The profits have also been going up pretty nicely. 2017, they had a little less than $3.5 billion in net income and almost $8.5 billion in 2021. So what's driving this though? Like it's, an, it's one thing to look at the numbers and see our graph go up or graph go down or graph go sideways. But the question we need to ask as investors is why is this happening? Why is this happening? And in this case, the answer is pretty clear. It's a secular trend because of the pandemic, because of COVID. People have been staying in their homes. They've been fixing things up. And then there's also this shortage of housing supply in the residential market. And builders, home builders cannot literally build any faster than they are now. They're trying to build so quickly because the demand for housing is just really huge right now. So this has been a big secular trend for Lowe's. I want to take a look now at the balance sheet. How are they doing from a balance sheet perspective? Remember, this is the part of the financial statements where we see what the company owns versus what they owe. So it's really important to take a look at it. And one thing I see here is the cash balance is super low. We see that their cash and short-term investments, it's somewhere around $1.5 billion, which is not that much compared to the amount of revenue and profit this business is making. But it kind of makes sense because look a little bit further down here. This line here, inventory, this is where the company's assets really are. It's all tied up in inventory. And it kind of makes sense because this is a business that sells tens and tens of thousands of products. And they have all these warehouses, all these physical stores. A lot of what they own is sitting in those stores just waiting to be sold. So that's why we see a lot of inventory on the balance sheet here. Let's take a look now at the cash flows. What is the company actually doing with their money? And we can see if we go down here that their cash flow from operations, it's increased substantially along with net income. So they're actually bringing in a good amount of money. 2017, they had $5 billion in operating cash. Last year, 2021, they had $10 billion. So they literally doubled. And so they've been making a lot of money in this general trend. And actually, even before... COVID a little bit, they were increasing a little bit, just not as much as they did in the past couple of years. And another thing to notice here is that like Home Depot, this is a company that just is kind of gradually adding debt onto the balance sheet. Every couple of years, they add another 1 billion, 2 billion. And so their debt load is definitely increasing. But we see where that money is going here. Repurchase of common stock, man, they're buying back a lot of stock. In 2021, this company paid over $13 billion for share buybacks. That is substantial and way more than they did in prior years. We can see here, they typically buy back around $4 billion worth of their own stock. So that's a big use of cash there. And then also they pay a dividend. This is a company that pays a dividend. They've been increasing their dividend as well. They spend about $2 billion a year on that. So this is a company that's spending substantially all of its cash flow, even a little bit more, sending it back to shareholders.
Okay, so how should we think about this company? Now that we've seen a little bit of their financials, we understand where the business came from, what they're doing today. Well, there's a couple of things here. One is that the sales have been increasing, profits have been increasing, companies buying back a ton of stock. This is all great. But one thing that worries me, and this was a similar worry I had when studying Home Depot, is the debt levels are just kind of creeping up. And with interest rates going up right now, that could be a problem as the financing costs for this business increase. Another thing that I want to note about Lowe's is that I noticed their store count has not been increasing. Their store count has basically been the same for the last couple of years. Now, maybe part of this is due to the pandemic. The company didn't want to do a lot of new builds during this time. But I also worry that the company just isn't growing. So how are sales going to grow? Sales are going to grow only if customers come to the store more frequently and or the amount of money that they spend when they visit the store is going to be higher. And what I saw in the numbers was actually that the frequency that people are coming to Lowe's and purchasing is decreasing a little bit, I think by about 4% this past year. However, their total sales still increased 7%. So what that means is that the average ticket price increased by 11%. So people are spending more money when they visit Lowe's, but they're going less frequently. And so that worries me a little bit because the average ticket price, I think that's increasing more so because of inflationary pressures, not so much because the company has any type of pricing power or brand power there. I just don't see that as a real competitive advantage. I see their economies of scale as their main competitive advantage. So it worries me a little bit that people are trafficking their stores a little bit less frequently. All right, so ultimately, I would probably pass on Lowe's just because I don't see any major growth driver here. I don't see any major revenue driver. The business is generating a lot of cash flow, so maybe from a dividend perspective and a share buyback perspective, it's attractive. But I think that there are better businesses out there personally. It's very similar to Home Depot. Um, I don't see a huge differentiating factor here, but nonetheless... Uh, It could be a good stock to own depending on your circumstances. But that's what I got for you today. If you want to check out the Home Depot episode, which is a similar business, but has some differences in how it operates and its returns, check out this video here. (music) 